part three chapters one and two of perkins the faker a travesty on reincarnation by edward s van zyle this librivox recording is in the public domain part three clarissa's troublesome baby for while the wheel of birth and death turns round past things and thoughts and buried lives come back i now remember myriad rains ago what time i roamed himala's hanging woods a tiger with my striped and hungry kind the light of asia chapter one my late husband and while the wheel of birth and death turns round that which hath been must be between us two sir edwin arnold i was alone in the nursery with the baby a chubby boy whose eight months of life had amazingly increased his weight and vigour when i heard the crack of doom issuing from his miniature mouth i wonder if your imagination is strong enough to put you for a moment in my place suppose that you had dismissed the nurse for a time that you might have a mother's frolic in the twilight with your only child the blessing that had come to you as a reward for marrying again after five years of widowhood suppose that the baby opening his little eyes to their widest extent had said to you as my baby said to me you don't seem to recognize me my dear but i've come back to you wedded to tom already jealous of your maternal fondness for the boy what effect would jack's voice silenced five years ago by death have had upon you rising in gruff maturity from a baby's tiny throat was it strange that i came within a hair's breadth of dropping the uncanny child to the floor mechanically i glanced over my shoulder in cold dread lest the nurse might return at any moment then i found courage to glance down into the baby's upturned face there was something in the child's eyes so old and wise that i realized my ears had not deceived me i had not been the victim of an hallucination resulting from the strain of an afternoon of calls and teas the conviction came to me like an icy douche that i was standing there in a stunning afternoon costume holding my first husband in my arms and liable to let him fall if our weird tete-a-tete should be sharply interrupted you aren't glad to see me grumbled jack wiggling uneasily against my gloves and coat but it isn't my fault that i'm here clarissa there's a lot of reincarnation going on you know and a fellow has to take his chances softly i stole to a chair and seated myself holding the baby on my trembling knees are you are you comfortable jack i managed to whisper falteringly the thought flashing through my mind that i had gone suddenly insane keep quiet can't you he pleaded don't shake so i'm not a rattle-box i wish you'd tell the nurse clarissa to put a stick in my milk will you there's a horrible sameness to my present diet that is absolutely cloying will you stop shaking i can't stand it by a strong effort of will i controlled my nervous tremors glancing apprehensively at the door through which the nurse must presently return there that's better commented jack contentedly you don't know much about us do you clarissa about about who i gasped wondering if he meant spirits about babies he said with a wiggle and a chuckle that both attracted and repelled me where's your handkerchief wipe my nose pardon me clarissa that sounds vulgar doesn't it but what the deuce am i to do i'm absolutely helpless don't you know i could feel the tears near my eyes as i gently touched the puckered baby face with a bit of lace 
there was only one chance in ten thousand millions that i should come here went on jack apologetically it's tough on you clarissa do you think that you can stand it i've heard the nurse say that i make a pretty good baby i sat speechless for a time trying to adapt myself to new conditions so startling and fantastic that i expected to waken presently from a dream a dream that promised to become a nightmare but there was an infernal realism about the whole affair that had impressed me from the first jack's matter-of-fact way of accepting the situation was so strikingly characteristic of him that i felt at once a strong temptation to laugh aloud i want you to make me a promise clarissa he said presently seizing one of my gloved fingers with his fat little dimpled hand and making queer mouths as if he were trying to whistle you won't tell uh tom will you he wouldn't understand it at all i don't myself and i've been through it don't you see in a way of course it's mighty bad form i know that i feel it deeply but i was powerless clarissa you know i never took any stock in those oriental philosophies i was always laughing at buddhism metempsychosis and that kind of thing but there's really something in it don't you think keep quiet will you you're shaking me up again there's more in it than i had ever imagined jack i remarked gloomily of course i'll say nothing to tom about it it'll have to be our secret i understand that you'll have to be very careful about what you call me before people clarissa said the baby presently my name's horatio isn't it what the dickens did you call me that for i always hated the name horatio it was tom's choice i murmured i'm sorry you don't like it jack if you called me jack for short no that wouldn't do tom wouldn't like it would he your handkerchief again please thank you my dear by the way clarissa i wish you'd tell the nurse that she gets my bath too hot in the morning i'd like a cold shower if she doesn't mind you'll have to adapt yourself to circumstances my child i remarked wearily wondering if this horrible ordeal would never come to an end i longed to get away by myself to think it all over and quiet my nerves if possible before i should be forced to meet tom at dinner adapt myself to circumstances exclaimed jack bitterly kicking savagely with his tiny feet at his long white gown don't get sarcastic clarissa or i'll yell if i told the nurse the truth where'd you be jack i cried in consternation there seemed to be a hideous threat in his words you'd better call me horatio for practice he said calmly but i could feel him chuckling against my arm i'll get used to it after a time but it's a fool name just the same how about the cold shower jack i said angrily i'll put you in your crib and leave you alone in the dark if you annoy me you must be good your nurse knows what kind of a bath you should have and she'll know who i am if you leave me here alone clarissa he exclaimed doubling up his funny little fists and shaking them in the air i've got the whip hand of you my dear even if i am only a baby by the way clarissa how old am i eight months jack i managed to answer a chill sensation creeping over me as the shadows deepened in the room and a mysterious horror clutched at my heart i am not a dreamer by temperament 
i am in fact rather practical and commonplace in my mental tendencies but there was something awful in the revelation made to me which seemed to change my whole attitude toward the universe and filled me for the moment with a novel dread of my surroundings i was recalled sharply to a less fantastic mood by jack's querulous voice will you stop shaking clarissa he cried petulantly you make me feel like a milk-bottle with delirium tremens call the nurse will you she hasn't got palsy in her knees i want to go to sleep at that instant the nurse bustled into the room apologizing for her long absence i am going to make a slight change in his diet mrs minturn she explained taking jack from my arms and gazing down with professional satisfaction at his cherubic face he's in fine condition aren't you you ton and little baby boy but he's old enough to have a bit of variety now and then there are several preparations that i've found very satisfactory in other cases and i've ordered one of them for there there little horatio don't you cry kiss oo mamma and then oo go sleepy bye as i bent down to press my lips against the baby's fat cheeks i caught a gleam in his eyes that the nurse could not see and unless my ears deceived me jack whispered damn under his breath chapter two a fond father as in the world of dream whose mystic shades are cast by still more mystic substances we oft-times have an unreflecting sense a silent consciousness of some things past richard monkton milnes i remember that tom impressed me as an extremely handsome man as he faced me across the dinner-table and smilingly congratulated me on my appearance you must have had an interesting day claire you look very animated i'm so glad that you are beginning to get around a bit there's a golden mean you know a woman should become a slave to neither society nor the nursery i realized there was an abnormal vivacity in my manner as i added nor to her husband tom do you accept the amendment do you imply that i'm inclined to be tyrannical my dear he asked laughingly it's not that claire but i can't help being jealous of you how's the baby my wine-glass trembled in my hand and i replaced it on the table not daring to raise it to my lips he grows more interesting every day tom i answered truthfully you don't appreciate him i wanted to laugh hysterically but managed to control myself don't i though cried tom protestingly he's the finest boy that ever happened claire and i'm the proudest father but i don't believe in a man's making an ass of himself all over the place because there's a baby in the house after all it's hereditary so to speak and quite common i glanced at the butler but his wooden face showed no comprehension of the bad taste of tom's remarks i was glad of that for tom has earned a reputation among all classes for always saying and doing the right thing at the right time i could not help wondering how he would act if i should tell him over our coffee that my first husband was in the nursery doomed to another round of earthly experience in the outward seeming of horatio minturn forgive me claire implored tom misinterpreting the expression of my face i didn't intend to hurt your feelings my dear and you mustn't do me an injustice you have hinted several times of late that i am not as fond of the baby as i should be now i know exactly what you mean and i suppose tom that we defer further discussion of the subject until later on i suggested realizing that i was losing rapidly my grip on my nerves 
tell me about your day where have you been what have you done whom have you seen it was not until we were seated in the smoking-room and tom had lighted a long black cigar that he returned to a topic i had learned to dread heretofore tom's interest in the baby had seemed to me to be intermittent and never very intense to-night it struck me as persistent and painfully strong what i was going to say claire when you interrupted me at the table he recommenced gazing at me thoughtfully through a nimbus of tobacco smoke was this theoretically i am a fond and enthusiastic father practically i haven't seen the baby more than a dozen times and he has always yelled at sight of me i laughed aloud nervously and tom's glance had in it much astonishment and a little annoyance it's hardly a subject for merriment is it he queried coldly you accuse me of not appreciating horatio may i ask you my dear when i have had an opportunity of observing his ah uh, good points so to speak to be frank with you claire and to paraphrase a popular song all babies look alike to me but there are great differences among them tom i cried impulsively and again a touch of hysteria got into my voice and ours of course is the finest in the world he remarked good-naturedly but what i was getting at clara is this i want to become better acquainted with the boy he's old enough now isn't he to begin to what is it they call it take notice oh yes i managed to answer without breaking down if tom would only change the subject but how could i lead his mind to other things surely i couldn't tell him flatly that hereafter the baby must be a tabooed topic between us that there really was not any horatio that the law of psychic evolution through repeated reincarnations was making in our nursery a demonstration unprecedented in our knowledge of the race all that i could do was to sit silent pressing my cold hands together and endeavour to prevent tom from observing my increasing agitation he sits up and takes notice repeated tom as if proud of his old nurse's phrase well it's about time that horatio ceased to treat me with that antagonistic uproariousness that has characterized his demeanour hitherto in my presence i have decided to cultivate his acquaintance claire and i need your help he's he's very young tom i remarked catching at a straw as i sank i actually believe that you're jealous of the boy my dear cried tom laughingly frankly i'm greatly disappointed at your reception of my suggestion you're so illogical claire in one breath you charge me with lack of appreciation of the baby and in the next you intimate that he's too young to endure my society you place me in a very awkward position i had honestly thought to please you but i seem to have made a mess of it i was sorry for tom and realized that the accusation he had made against me was just for a moment the mad project flashed through my mind of telling him the whole truth the weird absurd unprecedented fact that lay at the bottom of my apparent inconsistency but the instant that the thought took shape in unspoken words i rejected it as wildly impracticable furthermore there had come to me under the matter-of-fact influences surrounding me a possibility that appealed to me as founded on common sense was it not reasonable to suppose that i had been the victim before dinner of overwrought nerves of an hallucination that could be readily explained by purely scientific methods i had gone to the nursery worn out by social exertions to which i had not been recently accustomed alone with the baby in the twilight would it have been strange if i had fallen asleep for a moment and had dreamed that the child was talking to me 
as i looked back upon the episode of this moment it appeared to me more like the vagary of a transient doze than an actual occurrence even the dam that had seemed to issue from horatio's tiny mouth as i had kissed his cheek might have been merely the tag-end of an interrupted nightmare the reflex action of my disordered nervous system you haven't made a mess of it tom i said presently and you have pleased me the baby's old enough to-to to find my companionship bracing and enlightening suggested tom merrily yes he's old enough for that i answered lightly glad to feel the fog of my uncanny impressions disappearing before the sunlight of a rising conviction with every minute that passed thus gaily in tom's companionship the certainty grew on me that in the nursery i had been the prey of nervous exhaustion not the helpless protagonist of a startling psychic drama i'll tell you what we'll do claire remarked tom toward the close of an evening that had grown constantly more enjoyable to me as time passed for as i playfully misquoted to myself horatio was himself again i'll tell you what we'll do i'll come home to luncheon to-morrow and we'll have the baby down from the nursery i suppose we're all out of high chairs but you can telephone for one in the morning my dear but tom horatio is-is only eight months old i protested he-he doesn't know how to act at the table well i'll teach him then cried tom paternally he needs a few lessons in manners claire he has always treated me with the most astounding rudeness it's really time for him to come under my influence don't you think of course i may be wrong i don't know much about these matters but i can learn a thing or two by experimenting with horatio he doesn't like his i began impulsively and then laughed rather foolishly the influence of my dream it appeared was still upon me doesn't like what asked tom eyeing me searchingly evidently surprised at my untimely hilarity game and salads and other luncheon things i explained adroitly suddenly glad that the evening was at an end and that i could soon quiet my throbbing nerves by sleep we'll have some bread and milk for him suggested tom hospitably maybe he won't yell at me if we give him something to eat something in his line you know again i succumbed to temptation and laughed aloud how little you know about babies tom i remarked in my most superior way but even as i spoke the horrible suspicion crept over me again that i also might have much to learn about my own little boy End of chapters one and two